This is the Carpathian Storyteller Podcast at carpathianstoryteller.com. Enjoy! The Moonlight Somnambulist by Maurice Yokai A Hungarian Story Osdordi was one of the best-known and respected farmers in the province, and the surrounding gentry were accustomed to him visiting and his picturesque homestead. The frequency of their visits was, however, due chiefly to the circumstance that he was possessed of a lovely daughter. This daughter, besides being enchantingly beautiful, was as proud as a queen. It was quite natural that the young man from around and about should be helplessly in love with her, and willing for hazard itself in the hope of winning such a prize. But many, as were the rival suitors, they all had to at last had to give way to one upon whom Edelka bestowed her preference. And that preference could not be divided either in two or more parts. As a matter of fact, no objection could have been made against her choice, for it fell upon such a man as is generally regarded as the ideal of a woman's dreams. He was a fine stature, tall, well-proportioned, no longer young, it is true, but far from his decline. He was a retired major and bore himself with fullness of military carriage. His manners were polished, his education extensive, and his wit by no means inferior. He was good-hearted, patriotic, and keen in business matters. He did not gamble, neither did he run into debt. In fact, from top to toe, you could not find a fault with him. Of course, the various competitors, for the hand of Adelka, had to bow before her decision. They could not help themselves. But one of them, in his fierce dissatisfaction, vowed inwardly that he would not yield the prize so easily. This rival was a young man who fancied that Adelka had regarded him with a degree of favor which he was only second to that which she had bestowed on the victorious major. But Mogyordi, the malcontent in question, knew that Major Duranci was very handy with rapier and pistol, and did not care to be trifled with. He therefore determined the use of diplomacy. He paid a frequently sort of visit to the father of Adelka, and spent the evening with him. Osdordi had a very good suspicion as why the visitor had come. In due course, the conversation turned upon Duranci. A very nice fellow indeed, isn't he? said the farmer. Oh yes, replied Mogyordi, who at the same time made a grimace which betrayed his real opinion. The farmer, who was evidently uneasy at the young man's obvious jealousy, explained. But you have nothing to say against him? Oh no, nothing in the world. But you have something on your mind. It is true he is not so youthful as you, but he is not yet that old. Oh no, he is in the prime of his life. Do you wish to imply there is anything against his past? No, for who among us has not a past? Perhaps you wish to make out that he is only marrying Adelka for her money? By no means. Do you accuse him of being a gambler? He never touches cards. A spendthrift? He's the very reverse, stares at both sides of the every halfpenny before he parts with it. 
Do you think him lazy? No, a model of plodding industry. Then what is amiss with his character? It is perfect, almost monotonously so. But he has one particularity with which you ought to be acquainted if you are going to marry your daughter to him. What is that? Well, if you want to know, he's a lunar somnambulist. When the moon is at its full, he rises at night from his bed and with open eyes walks about the house in a dream, muttering all kinds of extraordinary things. If swords and pistols were then with him in his reach, he would probably would kill anyone against him. And I shouldn't like to see your daughter murdered in one of his moonlight perambulations. Oh, that is nonsense. I will believe no tale of that kind. Do as you please. I have discharged my duty and told you. Now, good night. But after Mogyardi had departed, the farmer, although he had pretended to be unconcerned, said to himself, This might possibly be true. I must investigate the matter further before the marriage takes place. His mind being very uneasy, he determined to invite Durancy at his house on the next occasion, when the moon would be at its full, and when the night in question arrived, he entertained the major at his farm with all the outward demonstration of confidence and friendship. It so happened that during the evening Mogyordi looked in, for although a rejected lover, he was still a recognized visitor, owing to business and family connections with the farmer. Ozordi, albeit that he was somewhat alarmed at the appearance of his rival, politely welcomed him and was relieved to notice, as his two guests conversed together, that the old jealousy seemed to have quite disappeared and that Mogyordi evicted towards the major every symptom of good fellowship. The vine circulated freely and the night were pleasantly away until the clock reminded Pozdordi that there was a limit to every festivity. He was already intended to press Durancy to sleep with him, but it was already late. He felt he could not do less than extend his invitation to Mogyord, wishing, however, to have the alleged somnambulist under his inspection he assigned to the major a spare bed in his own dormitory and gave Mogyordi a separate room. In due course, both host and guests retired. The farmer, as soon as he was between the sheets, lit a massive long-stepped pipe and began to smoke, keeping his eye on Duranci. The moonlight was streaming in upon the major's pillow. It looked weird. The farmer watched Duranci as he lay prostrate watched and watched until he himself dozed off into an involuntary slumber. Presently, he was awoke by a noise. In the moonlight, he perceived a figure, robed in nightshirt. Ah, the major, who seemed to be gazing around him with an air of mysterious inquiry. Then, step by step, with great circumspection, he advanced toward the farmer's bedside. Pozzardi felt his breath... Yes, he said to himself, this man is a lunar somnambulist. Upon tiptoe, the figure now went nearer and nearer to the farmer's couch. Osdordi, in breathless expectation, grasped his heavy long-stepped pipe, the only weapon of self-defense within his arm's length. And just as the somnambulist was reaching towards an antique and richly unlaid sword suspended high up against the wall, he dealt him a blow so terrific as to produce a howl from the apparition. 
The farmer, leaped out of the bed and to protect his own life, was proceeding to half-strangle the sleepwalker when his astonishment he saw that it was not the major. Who are you? he explained. There was no answer. The farmer looked toward the major's bed, there in the moonlight lay the warrior, who was just beginning to be roused from sleep by the noise of the scuffle. And he would dreamingly explain, what the devil? Ozordi released his hold on the neck of this unknown man, who hastily escaped from the room. And the report goes that Mogyordi traveled home at 2 a.m. in his nightshirt. Anyhow, after hiding under the major's bed in order to make him out to be a somnambulist, he never again dared to put his nose into Pozdordi's household. And the gallant soldier is today in peaceful possession of the beautiful Edelka. This concludes our story for today. We really hope you enjoyed today's story as much as we enjoyed telling it. So if you want to hear more stories, subscribe to our channel. We tell stories twice a week, and for a complete transcription of today's episode and articles about Carpathian traditions and places to travel to, visit us at carpathianstoryteller.com. There you can comment about your favorite stories and what stories you know from the Carpathian lands that we should translate, and also you can support us with small donations. We really appreciate them. There you can also find links to a lot of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and also all the places you can listen to us. We are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and many more. From everybody here at Carpathian Storyteller, we wish you a magical day.